The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, the joint that rocked this committee on tourism will hear today that the state's policy for housing Ukrainian refugees is seriously impacting the level of hotel accommodation available. This, in turn, is affecting tourism-related businesses, but also the cost of car hire is a concern. I'm joined on the line by hotelier Lorraine Sweeney and by transport consultant Connor Faulkner. Good morning and welcome. Now, Good morning. Lorraine, uh, first of all, uh, Paul Kelly, the chief executive of Falta Ireland, is going to say that uh, the tourism business faces a loss of a 1.1 billion because of a shortage of accommodation. Uh, uh, do you agree? Yeah. Yes, Pat. Well, I'm, I'm staggered with the figure of 1.6 billion because um, what he's saying is that activity providers and visitors attractions are going to be impacted and seriously at risk. Now, they're an offshoot of the tourism business. So that's a very significant figure. And I'd have to say I question it. Um, He also said that one third of all rooms outside Dublin uh, are housing Ukrainians. Now, those rooms are in seasonal locations in many cases. And traditionally, they would only have 12, 14, 16 weeks occupancy a year. And they're now enjoying 100 percent occupancy. And I would say uh, it's a commercial decision that those um, particular providers made a decision to accept this business and to be honest with you um, as an entrepreneur my priority is my business and if I get an offer of 100% occupancy for 52 weeks um, it's a kind of a honeymoon period as opposed to 12 to 14 weeks I'd take it. So you're saying that if you're a hotelier say in Killarney your job is not to fill the restaurants or fill the Jarvis pockets your job is to to make your own business uh, profitable. Absolutely. I mean, it's not hoteliers' responsibility to effectively subsidise visitor attractions. Like if you take a visitor attraction, the Cliffs of Moher, you know, there's historical sites to visit. During the pandemic, they could close the door, turn off the lights, no visitors, no tourism and have no costs. It it was different in our case. So I would say this is um, a honeymoon patch for accommodation providers and this is not just hoteliers this is uh, hostels and you know guest houses but but you know the effect of a shortage of supply which if these hotels remain filled with these unexpected guests um, in terms of Ukrainians and others seeking international protection um, that, that it will have an effect on the availability of rooms therefore the price goes up makes Ireland less desirable. So when all of this passes, when the Ukrainian crisis is over in a year or two, um, we will have garnered for ourselves the reputation of being a ridiculously rip-off republic. Yeah, but Pat, first of all, I just have to remind you that he said a third of all hotels in rural areas. So that's only a third. And then these traditionally would not be at full occupancy. So uh, it's, it's not the broad sector as such. So like one thing that was missing from Paul Kelly's Falcha Ireland uh, statement that he's going to make today is that Falcha Ireland is about welcoming visitors to Ireland, but we also need to welcome refugees. They're fleeing the atrocities of war. Um, the government and the people of Ireland made a decision that we were going to welcome them. And Falcha Ireland has to include in its submission that it's a responsibility of the tourism sector and the, the only available rooms for to house these people. It's a humanitarian issue. So it has to be part of what Falcha Ireland uh, psyche, that they, they must also welcome these people. 
Yeah, um, I think he's looking uh, on it simply as, you know, the business of tourism. And he's saying the effects of not having the same number of rooms available for the demand that will be there means that hoteliers will hike their prices. And the inevitability of that is a bad reputation for just being too expensive. Let me go to Malaga instead. Yeah, he's, he's talking about activity providers and visitor attractions. No, he's talking about hotels. I mean, there's no shortage of no, the attraction. No, 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 what he's talking about is the 1.6, 1. yeah. 1.1 billion loss in tourism revenue is putting these attra- visitor attractions, the pub in the local town, yeah. the, the, the local uh, castle to go and visit. Yes, they're impacted. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, you know, we're in business as hoteliers. We make our commercial decisions. Actually, Pat, I'd like to say to you that there is a slight shift in the Ukrainians since the turn of the year. Uh, what we have found is that um, some people are dribbling back. The winter is nearly over. Um, there's definitely a shift in terms of a certain cohort of people will go back now that the winter is, is, is finished. Um, some people, I, I got notice recently of two families that are moving out of accommodation that I provided uh, free of charge for a year and they found a rental home. So some of them are getting rental opportunities. A number of them have uh, visas to Canada. So I think over the next couple of months, there's going to be a slow decline yeah. out of the hotel sector and it'll wind down bit by bit. But you, you do uh, accept, though, that uh, supply and demand impacts on prices. And if we do destroy ourselves as uh, an affordable destination, that takes a while to recover from. It does, but Paul does point out in his submission today that it, these are commercial decisions made by entrepreneurs and supply and demand has to have an influence on it. Actually, Pat, while I was waiting to come on your programme, I heard an ad for Go Breaks for um, breaks in Ireland at €8 per night and I think that represents good value so there is still good value available in Ireland uh, in my hotels and in a variety of hotels around the country but there are pockets where there there is uh, supply issues and the the prices will go up in those areas Yeah, but I mean we are talking about late March Uh, Easter will be obviously peak I have 140 Ukrainians in my hotel in the Wilton Hotel in Bray um, what do you think I should do? Should I decide that the kids are in school and the people are in work and the season is coming and tourism wants no. to come here? And no, I, 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 accept that would be I accept completely that it's your prerogative to, to do as you wish with the, your accommodation. I think that the point, and uh, he's not here to represent himself, but Paul Kelly, I presume he'll be saying something like the government should have organised alternative type accommodation rather than commercial hotels. In other words, whether it's old army barracks or institutions that could be refurbed, you know, but instead they they go for the easy solution where there's a kitchen, where there's accommodation, where there's all that sort of stuff. They went for the easy solution rather than maybe the harder solution. Absolutely not, Pat. First of all, I know for a fact that there are people in Gormanstown camp in tents because I regularly take people that have been there for a month. And and when there's a movement and I have a spare space, I offer it back to IPAS. And I can tell you that there are people living in very difficult conditions. And it's absolutely ridiculous to expect that the government could turn around and suddenly find 
uh, suitable accommodation when we can't find it for our own homeless people? Yeah. How but, could we yeah, have this? But there are solutions, uh, Lorraine. I mean, I've seen myself uh, visited uh, a refurb shipping container which would house a family of two adults and one kid. Um, those are available. Irish students live in those when they go to study in Holland, for example. Uh, and as temporary emergency accommodation, far better than a tent, the government has turned its back on that kind of solution. I, I actually can't criticise the government, Pat. I think they've done a phenomenal job. And I don't think in any sense at all that they could have found accommodation for 50,000 people in a hurry. If they had been able to do that, they'd have done it for our own homeless people. So I, I think that's ridiculous. And I think it's ridiculous to expect the tourism sector to turn around now and kick out people who are comfortably living in hotel accommodation. Not that they want to be there. They want to go home. Uh, I recently asked a group of people that I was meeting with, a group of Ukrainians, and I asked them, were they happy in my hotel? And they said, they want to go home, but they're as happy as they can be here. All right. So we'll we can't we can't turn around and, and turf them out and say, off you go now back to the bombs dropping in Kiev and Kharkiv and places like this. We, we have to keep them. Uh, we look after them as well as we can. And we would genuinely hope that they go back as soon as they can to, to live in their country. But the government cannot produce accommodation overnight. Right. Lorraine, thank you very much for joining us. Hotelier Lorraine Sweeney. Connor Faulkner, Transport Consultant. I want to talk to Connor about one particular aspect of last year's rip-off, and that was the cost of car hire. What's the situation this year, Connor? Well, fingers crossed it's going to be a little bit better, Pat. Uh, last year was a complete disaster. And whether you call it rip-off or whether you call it supply and the practical effect was people were getting car hire quotes last year for uh, four and five thousand euro for a week's car hire and more. There were plenty of examples of people who had to cancel their trip because the car hire turned out to be so expensive. So now that was a, a, a bit of a bind. There were a couple of things going on simultaneously there. We were emerging from pandemic into the first proper season post-pandemic and there was a lead time on hire cars. They essentially hadn't anticipated the stock requirement and didn't have them there. So there was a shortage of hire cars, not alone in Ireland, but actually around Europe. I've been having a look so far this year and I would hope it won't be as bad. I was looking at some Dublin quotes for high season and uh, look, we're still Dublin. So yes, the quotes are on a par with um, very expensive cities like London and Paris and, and are significantly dearer than cheaper cities like Munich or Copenhagen. So Dublin remains Dublin and it certainly looks like it's expensive. Um, but as I say, last year it went from being expensive into being really one of those disasters that properly inhibited uh, the tourist business in Ireland and, and left a very sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. So uh, it's uh, hopefully this year it won't be as bad as that. Uh, but for inbound tourists to Ireland, they're certainly not going to look at our prices and say that we're cheap. All right, Connor, thank you very much for joining us. Connor Faulkner, Transport Consultant. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.